Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. To count the discounts, safe driver, paperless, automatic payments, multi-car, so many a penny. Saved is a penny earned, you learn. The money you saved, it builds like a wave of dollar bills. The thrills, scary movies give me chills. Discounts that help you save more for the things you want. From Progressive, visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Feed me more. Welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy. I am the Big Guy, Ryan Reeves, and I'm sitting here with one, Pat Buck. I guess I'm, uh, I'll be the medium guy. I've been trimming down for my <laughs> upcoming nuptials. This is episode two. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'm going to put more plugs and make this a little more professional. So uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Leave a review. Tell a friend. Do something to help the, you know, the the rhythm or the algorithm of this podcast we appreciate very much check out feedmemore.com check out wrestleproonline.com or creatorprowrestling.com just wanted to get my shit in early before we talk about stuff (laughs) Uh, numero dos uh, as my Rosetta Stone Spanish lessons uh, for the number two podcast episode Uh, 30 minutes a day every day big guys trying to to broaden (laughs) the horizons (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, you know I'm just hoping that it's not like we are serious we're recording a lot of episodes it's not just like hey let's put out a you know whatever happened in WWE and then we want to keep this going we want to this show isn't really about um, not about that it's, it's not, not about that of, yeah. it's not about I hate saying this and this isn't isn't to be ego egoish but in a way I guess so we don't really want anyone on this podcast we just want to kind of fucking tell stories and uh, bullshit and promote stuff like really, we we talk on Voxer all the time when yeah. we talk about this and, and we'll have you know sometimes you know five ten fifteen minute messages on on Voxer and just going back and forth and uh I don't know, people, people may not i think that civilian world they don't even know what the fuck Voxer is they it's might like not it's strictly a like a wrestling thing it is so Voxer to explain to everyone out there is just essentially a worldwide walkie-talkie for yeah. grown-ups and i remember being a kid and, and thinking walkie-talkies were the coolest thing in the world and i had a few different times and you know it used to be cool to be talking to somebody from the backyard to someone in the front yard and i thought you know that man this this shit is cool and now i'm Voxer, you know, could be in China. Up, oh, uh oh, our beers. The beers are here. Uh, I'm going to pause this real quick. Okay, we're back. A little technical difficulty. The the room just called to let us know uh, they were out of the wine we wanted. <laughs> but we were talking about Voxer. You know, essentially, Voxer is a great tool. Like when we'd go travel uh, into different countries with the wrestling uh, in different time zones, and sometimes you don't have service over there. But but usually when you connect to Wi-Fi and, and Voxer is an is an app. It, it's just a walkie-talkie app, uh, and I could be in china talking to you all the way in new jersey mm-hmm. or talking to my mom and dad in las vegas and uh they use it yeah my, <laughs> they use uh, yeah i've had them before when i'm on the road to stay in contact you know it's just a way to to kind of 
to keep communication open when it's otherwise it, it would it wouldn't you know exist and stuff so when it, certain it, when certain things are just too long to text it's just so much easier to it's not even i know there's voice texting but for some reason voxer has it down voxer I, you like hit easy. a button and you just talk and and i try to use it for all the people that i communicate to and like i tell them get voxer please i it's just so much easier than, than sitting on a telephone and because you can kind of go at your own pace too and i can you could be busy when i'm not busy and yep. then you know you could be free and then i'm busy and but it's a way to kind of go back and forth at your own pace and, and it's worth checking out when, my, when my phone rings i get i get sometimes i get really pissed off i'm like oh fuck like i'm not ready for this phone call yeah voxer you can respond when, when you're ready yeah, to you're respond. Like, oh, i'm not in the mood right now and yeah. you can and i see that you played it and waited three hours to get back to me but it's not a big deal so so, so essentially <laughs> uh not only that you know how to speed up messages and they go too long no you told me i, yeah. I forgot i didn't even realize that like you can you, you save yourself so much time especially i leave some long mass messages we yeah. both know and i tell you as i go on i just wasted five minutes of your time telling you about shit i know you don't care about, about a workout pop- or about what you've eaten today just, oh i went down this aisle in the grocery store and saw this and blah and then i just tell you yeah, i just wasted five minutes of your time now under the point of the message so essentially this podcast is uh just it's just one each other's just time, each other's time <laughs> and wasting your time and we appreciate you guys listening and i hope uh you know hope you guys haven't checked out yet but anyway uh so we got through the first episode and i think there was a little bit of feedback actually there wasn't feedback i'm just kind of making that up about <laughs> the story but i think people go like you know uh we get who you are obviously they don't know who i am or, or at least like why the fuck am i even here um but uh, or I just wanted. I guess this is an origin episode for what's going to happen after this. You know, because I think the first episode was just like, hey, WWE shit. All all the fans clicking on the, yeah. the links, whatever way the internet. There's been a lot of questions it. on all that, so I think I think you have to address it and uh, kind of let them know why we're at this point right now and 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 why why is Pat Buck on this podcast? Because Pat Buck is my best friend. He is the guy that I am trusting with my wrestling career, handling my bookings. Uh, and he's been somebody that's always been very loyal and trustworthy in a business where that isn't always the case. So that is why we're here to kind of explain this relationship now. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I appreciate that. Uh, but it wasn't always, you know, I guess I'm in charge of, of, of that stuff now, but you know, we met in developmental, yeah. um, different complete, you were on, you were a million dollar tough enough guy. You went to Deep South, and then you're transferring to OVW. Me, on the other hand, uh, tried the independence for a little bit. I had a little bit of a kind of a hey, Jim Cornette. I'll, I'll mention was like you should move to OVW because there's been a couple guys that have, you know, gone through the ranks and been able to earn developmental. You know, for the fans listening, and there are a lot of newer fans. You know, before NXT, there was other developmental systems, yeah. and uh, dare I say, OVW was the best one before. NXT before FCW and I was down there and I was uh, I remember the first time I heard about you was a guy <laughs> named Jack Bull came up oh, to me fearless uh, legendary Jack Bull who I hope is doing well yeah. Greg Guthius otherwise known as Barry Bland and just Jack Bull <laughs> a very a very good man and he was uh, he was Great a little, man. he was a little older when he was he was hired but I remember when he got there he was very kind to me and uh, he actually assumed that I was under contract because I was I was training with the contract class yeah and um, picture that like in, now in the NXT Performance Center you know you have all these talents there and just picture one guy not being under contract <laughs> there but he's there every day he's involved in everything he's traveling he's making all the shows and and he's, he's not, not under contract and not getting paid that was Pat Buck back in the day at OVW everybody so i'm there just clinging on hoping for a job and uh but jack had no idea but then uh he's just like well how do you get this i'm like i don't know i've, I've kind of worked my way up i'm just trying you know i keep chasing the carrot hoping i'm gonna get hired but um 
as we got talking, you know, he's kind of like, and I was wrestling Jack probably for the last like two or three months. And I knew my position in the company was, uh, and I hate saying it, but it is kind of true that I was an expendable where you got guys hired actually on many different occasions, yeah. uh, but more so, which was, that was okay. Cause a lot of those would be like independent guys or like yeah. passable matches and some would and some wouldn't, but like there'd be a lot of times where these killers and these monsters and these, uh, very large men or four body guys, otherwise known as <laughs> yeah, a lot of body guys <laughs> were coming through the system, and it's like okay, uh, and I knew I'm like oh fuck, I got to wrestle this person for two three months on on live events, um, on TV matches, just getting killed by them, getting thrown around, taking bumps, um, but I was okay with that. But Jack's like oh bro, you're gonna have your 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 work cut out for you. We got this guy, Ryan Reeves, you know, the million dollar tough enough guy. He was two thirty. Now he's three hundred pounds. Yeah, and which he, I've never been two thirty, so I don't <laughs> And he's rough, dude. So I was just like, ah shit. All right, whatever. Uh you know, I was, I, not that I was nervous. I wasn't at all because there was guys that, you know, I'm like, it can't be that bad, but it still talked me up like, oh fuck, I don't want to get hurt. Yeah. But I was three hundred pounds at the time though. So, Jack was not lying as far as <laughs> I was a big guy. So you, I remember you, you came in. I think you came in the same time as Rodeimer, maybe? Was that the same? No, he earlier? came in after because that's where the Cody stories came in with some of those that we're okay. touching on later. But So you came in. I remember right away, first couple of house shows, I was paired with you, and it was fine. And it was yeah. like, you know, you, were, you weren't so much evolved as a performer, and you're still... No, it's very early in my career. Yeah. There. Yeah, you know. But, but, like, I survived. And I'm like... I, and sometimes I think back to that when people said that you were a little... Uh, a little rough yeah. around the edges and that's that's for a separate episode but uh i was like you know i, I wrestled to, wrestled you very very early on yeah a lot and i think it's worth noting you know and and, and talking about deep south and, and you know that's going to be down the line bill demott uh there were a lot of positives and a lot of negatives with bill and i'm very thankful for all of them uh and I like Bill DeMott as a person, um, but he was a very, very tough trainer. But I, it, it took, I, didn't get the, I didn't reap the rewards of all that right away. It took some years on that. But one of the things that he was adamant about was taking care of your opponent. Uh, and we used to do things where we would slam a 100-pound uh, heavy bag, and you had to treat this, you had to land it flat. And if you didn't, he would have somebody take you and drop you on the back of your neck. Or, and not that, that <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. here to say whether that was right or wrong, but in all fairness, you do learn really fucking quickly how to drop somebody safely because if you don't, you're not going to be there for long. So that was something that was instilled in me, and that too is something built on that intensity. He instilled that inside of me, and I, I had that in me, but he brought it out very early on, and I was able to tap into that, and that created a lot of success for me. But as far as I've always taken pride of, of always trying to be safe uh, and take care of opponents and realize that I am a strong guy and that I have to be careful at doing different things. And that's not to say that some things don't aren't a little stiff here and there and whatnot. When you're out there going full speed and you're 300 pounds, 290 pounds, it's not always going to be like, sure. but it's always been something that I take a lot of pride to try to go out there and, and have that in me. And I think, uh, I think, I don't think the jury is against you in that regard because you've had people like Jericho and a few other people. Yeah. I mean, I'm 200 pounds, barely, and I, like I said early on, it was it was fine. And but you know, fast forward, we wanted to talk about more of the origin stuff. I just remember we both were doing all the OVW stuff. 
you know, uh, I just want a job. You probably just want to get called up or something. I don't even know what you want at that point. Like uh, when you're in OVW. Oh, my mindset was just survive survive. I was so mentally fragile from uh, my time in Deep South that uh, I remember just so a quick story on that. My first day at OVW when I made they transferred me from Deep South to OVW. Everyone was like, we used to stretch in Deep South, and it was very boot camp style, very organized, and you know, you'd run a mile or two in your boots before, and then it was it was five hundred Hindu squats, a hundred push ups, a hundred uh, crunches, uh, and then it was it was pretty much four hours of drills mm-hmm. or three hours of drills outside of all this conditioning stuff. Uh, but I got to OVW and and saw everybody laughing and having fun and like. Al was like in the back because class hadn't started yet. Sure. And he's like, all right, guys, let's go. Let's get warmed up. And like guys were kind of just, it was much more lax. And I was standing there in awe and in fear waiting for somebody to just come out screaming at us. <laughs> what, what the fuck are you guys doing? Uh, and, and it blew my mind looking back at all that. <laughs> Jesus. I just remember, uh, you know, and OVW had its high points and low points and, I'm very grateful for all the stuff uh, Absolutely. there. And it was a tremendous learning experience. But I do remember one day in particular, uh, we were all kind of like stretching out. There was rumors in the air. They're going to fire uh, two or three people that day. And I remember yeah. you came to me. You're like, I'm getting fired. I'm like, shut the fuck up. And you're I not- didn't even know those rumors yet. I just, oh, really? no, didn't have no idea. And it was, I was, I, I've always been, I, at the time I was having dreams very, you know, vivid dreams that that i was going to be released and i and i was at a very negative mindset at that point in time for over some things with wrestling and whatnot and and it's still to this day it, it always i look back and i didn't say anything to anybody else i just came up to you and we weren't even that close no, I, like we yeah. were like nowhere near like where we are now but i just felt the need i don't know why i was just like i'm getting fired today like yeah. and and you go no you're not and i say yeah i am and i and I did. Yeah, <laughs> no, I remember no. it was right before drills, and we were all kind of speculating. It's funny, uh, we were speculating on, we just heard rumors, or at least I did, at least. I don't know if I, I kind of, maybe I was secretly hoping everyone get fired because then I was <laughs> hoping I'd get a job. Uh, but I remember that day in particular, and I'm like, ah, you're not. And I was kind of like surveying the scene, like, eh, who's going to get released? And it was, a, it was a weird time then, too, because if you were let go, like you were, you were forgotten about the next day. It was a different period yeah. too. Yeah. Like I remember a couple guys were released before that for multiple different reasons. Disappeared. And, and it was just like, you weren't even allowed to talk about it. Like it was just like, they're gone. They're gone. That's it. Life goes on. Yeah. And I remember that night actually, uh, Cody was the one that told me, Cody's like, you know, Hey, Ryan just got released. Yeah. And, uh, along with Seth Skyfire and Jack Bull, who I just talked yeah. about, <laughs> who bless his heart, had an interesting persona, but it was also ironic that at the time I felt like they released the person arguably were with the best physique and the best worker down there. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God, Skyfire for sure. Cause I remember thinking that too, as a kid, guy trying to get a job, I'm like, I'm nowhere near the worker near the level of set Skyfire. And I'm like, I'm fucking a hundred pounds lighter than you. And I'm like, Holy shit. Like this is some crazy stuff that went on. But, uh, and I remember I stayed with OVW and you kind of disappeared. Yeah. Like I, 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 I hit I, a rough point. Uh, none of us, I don't know if, Maybe a couple of guys talked to you, but after that happened, I don't think I saw of you until when I went in for stop by to get something to eat one time. So yeah, no, that was one of those things that I I had to to get away uh, mentally. I was I just went in and, and I was just lived a normal life essentially, uh, and, and met a girl and and you know moved in with her and she had a kid at the time and kind of took over playing. Being sure. essentially father to the to that kid, and and 
trying to figure out my life because, you know, at that point in time in developmental, everything is so unsure. And, uh, and to get released, you know, about two years into your developmental career. And uh, I, I wasn't in the mindset that I'm in now. And I hadn't gone through the things and, and learned a lot of the things. And, you know, I was 20, I think 24 years old. And, uh, and it felt like I'd let the world slip through my hands and, and just such a huge opportunity. And um, I didn't want to go back to Las Vegas. And I remember, you know, I didn't talk to my parents for a good stretch during that. I was ashamed. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was... It was like I didn't know what I had to do. I just knew I had to get away from wrestling for a while, and, and I had to to get my mind right. And, and I and I didn't intend it for it to be as long as it was. Uh, other circumstances kind of played a part in that, and, and it was just something that happened. But it was all for the best. But uh, I knew if I went back to Las Vegas, that at the time and with wrestling, I needed to stay in Louisville because the WWE was connected with them, and that if I moved home, that I might possibly. I'd be moving away from this wrestling. and wrestling. I didn't want to, to go get a job or go back to school and because this was my dream. This is what I left for. And whenever I've set a goal and a mission for something, I accomplish it. It doesn't always happen right away. but And that was the mindset for that. Do you think looking back, do you agree with the fact that, are you grateful for the fact they, they let you go? Yeah. Yeah? It, it was one do of those. Do you think you deserved it or you just no, like. And a lot of people, you know. Said, oh, you had no business being. You no, know, Danny Davis was one of those who was in charge of OVW at the time, and and he goes, you did not deserve to be released. And uh, it was one of those things. I think fans are going to ask, why do you think you were? Yeah, I mean, I don't. Do you even know why? Uh, I don't. I don't. I think it was. So the it, it, the business has changed a little bit now with like in, in NXT and the development of of, of people down there. And, uh, my first year in wrestling, but so I'm very grateful for how my career has turned out because I've gotten things that talents don't have a lot of them now. Build a Mott breaks human beings down, mm-hmm. and you have to be a fucking man to survive Build a Mott, and most people couldn't. Mm-hmm. So I am grateful that he put me through the things that he did because he made me more of a man than I would have been coming through an easier system and taught me a lot of hard lessons. Do I agree with all of them? No, but but that's neither here nor there. But at the same time, I feel like it slowed my development down on different things. You think you had higher expectations? When yeah, came absolutely. In? Oh, John Laurinaitis came down. I'll never forget in Deep South and and said, you know, we expect you to be on the roster at this point in time, going against Brock Lesnar, and like, I was nowhere near ready no. at that point in time. I've just been doing but drills, I knew yeah. it put a lot of pressure on me because I realized in being a fan my entire life and coming in and athletically, this was easy for me to pick up, but. I was psychologically broken down very early on. Uh, and at that point in time, I, I didn't know how to turn those negatives into positives. Mm-hmm. A- and it ate away. I mean, in a lot of it, it wasn't just me. A lot of people quit. A lot of people's sure. wrestling careers came to an end through Deep South Wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I, it, it just slowed my development down, I feel like, for a while. Uh, but eventually, I got that all back. And when I hit, I hit hard. So, you know what I mean? It, it just was one of those things. Uh, there were some negatives to that, but I was able to eventually turn them into positives, so I'm very thankful for it. So basically, I just rem- I remember this from, from my end, because like I, I uh, again, not to toot my horn, I don't even know if this is worth saying, but like I was in OVW for four and a half fucking years, pretty much like you know, uh, trying every, uh, going to both the contract class, training with Rip Rogers at night, making all the events, trying to get my, my myself a job, and I remember when you're released, you're gone. Yeah. And then... 
over time I was going through, holy shit, I'm going, I'm going broke and, and you know, I bounced <laughs> yeah. around and in Louisville. We were both kind of going through bad times at the same time, I believe. We were right? both ba- I remember the first time I saw you near, near after that, we both were bouncing at the same place. Yeah. We were at Sully's and on Fourth Street. And I remember you're, you're going, what the fuck are you doing here? And I'm like, I'm working here. A uh, funny story about that. And for, for, you know, everyone listening, I, when, when I got released, I, I, I tried to do some independence in, did you? Yeah, in Tennessee, I did. I did a couple shots down Holy there. And shit! I like I had the Nissan Titan at the time. Smart, far, smart fans' <laughs> brains just exploded to hear that you attempted to do independence. Yeah. And then at the time, I had my Nissan Titan, and uh, and it was for like I want to say it was for seventy five bucks or something. Not even maybe it might have been fifty, uh, but I was allowed to sell like. I remember going and getting a little cheap Polaroid camera. And oh my so god! I've always <laughs> eaten a tremendous amount of food, and yeah. I like so. At this time, and when you're at WWE at that time, you get like your 90 days. Sure. And I remember like I caught up my my debt because a lot of us at that time, it, you, you make enough to kind of get by, but your sure. cards can still. So I kind of caught my cards up and I had just a little bit of money. And uh, I remember it, like doing that show and, and coming back and I'd lost at the end of it. I lost 25 bucks. And, go, uh, and I wasn't. I was like, well, I'm going to have to get a real <laughs> job on top of trying to do this. And. So Who did you wrestle? Do you remember? Like the uh, Sean Schultz was one of my matches. I okay. remember. I remember putting him over because uh, he was always an extra uh, on a lot of the WWE events we do, and I still and we'd talk and, and laugh wow. about it. Uh, but it was the so I remember like not like trying to get a job at different places, and and I've always had a great work ethic, and, and uh, you know, and always applied myself, but uh, I didn't have the deepest job history of different things. And, and, sure. and pro wrestling doesn't necessarily translate. To Never. <laughs> un- unless they're a fucking mark. Uh, <laughs> In that case, which you could be a president of a company. Yeah, yeah. They, they... Uh, so I remember I got a job at the bar we used to all go out and party at, Sully's. Yeah. Uh, and I'll never, this funniest... This was kind of a, a low for me at this point. I will never forget because it was there were so many memories of us going there and having a good time and, and oh, all the guys God. and the camaraderie down there and, and just all the funny shit that would happen. But I remember like I had a green <laughs> Sully's polo shirt yep. on with my jeans and probably fucking basketball shoes at the time because that was what I in, in Luke Gallows I always wore basketball shoes <laughs> for some reason with jeans I was a big basketball shoe mark for early on in my life and I, they put me they, it was like really packed outside and they go we need you to stand on this box yes. to, to oversee everything the beer tub girl and something okay yeah and, and but I just remember like thinking to myself like and people were like making comments and I go what the fuck has become of my life yeah. and, and I remember right then and there kind of be like i i can't do this i can't work here and and, and that's what it was yeah okay. standing on that box and because some people were incredible hulk comments but like it was really i don't think it, it wasn't like a necessarily negative thing but it just brought back bad memories for me after having such a good time there of like oh now i'm here for 10 bucks an hour gotcha because and then that, up fights. That, that place uh it's weird because in the developmental system you know uh a lot of guys that would move down there and a couple guys did that and that, that's a, it used to be a nice way to to kind of go in uh there was we had relationships with places that would get high you know compton worked there beast uh, shed gaspar worked there uh armando estrada worked yeah. there you worked there i worked there and i, I remember that's where we kind of that's kind of where we became friends and i remember distinctly i asked you one day you were standing by me do yeah. you remember this no nah. 
I was working and you were, I didn't know you got hired there. Okay. And I was standing at my post and you were standing there too. And I thought you were just hanging out with me by yourself right. talking. Yeah. And, and then you're like, oh, I got hired. I go, oh, I thought you were just talking. Like <laughs> it was the most awkward and I didn't notice your shirt or anything. I thought uh, you just came to hang out with me. I was like, that's cool. Of them. Side story. <laughs> and this, I don't know how I hustled. This was at some point, um, I, I, in my head, I thought I was going to move to, I moved to OVW when I was 21. So I figured, okay, I'll be hired by 22. I'll be IC champion by the time I'm 24. So that, that really didn't work out that way. So like, <laughs> uh, I realized I had to go back to school. I, I left college to move down to OVW my third year. So, um, basically I went, Oh shit, I need to finish school. So I was actually getting college credit for bouncing at Sully's. I convinced son of a bitch. I went to a school ironically called Sullivan university. It was a, it was a, hospitality college i don't know if you remember i used to come yeah. to, to class and i felt so embarrassed but like there's a lot of people that, yeah. there's a lot of people like i remember like beth phoenix before she was hired would like come to uh come to practice she'd have like an our perkins like yeah. waitress attire so i'd come to class and i went to culinary school and my fucking chef apron and my smock and but uh I remember at one point I had to do an internship and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to work at this restaurant downtown. And the guy's like, no, really, what are you going to do? I'm like, well, I'm really going to be bouncing. Is that okay? And he was a, he was a wrestling fan. Yeah. So he signed off on it. So I was getting college credit while oh, I worked there. It was great. Funny. You said Beth Phoenix, by the way, thought I was gay for two years because of <laughs> jokes, you Cody and Domino and every, everyone would always fuck around down there and we can, that's a whole different, you know, episode all oh. the pranks but somebody had told her that i was gay when i first got there and, and she remember she came she goes is, I, there was nothing going on with, with that was one of the developmental divas at the time down there which clearly would indicate that i i wasn't yes and she she goes i thought you and i it was it made me laugh hysterically uh, and to this day so thanks fun. a lot guys so uh i remember at sully's they had this like scheme which not a good it wasn't a scheme but i remember like uh, the bar would be dead from like from eight till ten. There yeah. wouldn't be a lot of people there. Ten o'clock, it's bumping, and then it's fucking madness, and we'd be thrown till four a.m. or whatever, two or yeah. whatever time it was. Right? It was Three. four. It was Fuck. later. I feel it wasn't. Yeah. Two, yeah. But um, so there was a dead area. So what the gimmick of the bar was, they would have uh, happy hour. Now the way happy hour worked, not just like low price drinks. What they would do is like a raffle. They would get people to sign up for an email list or whatever, and they would call up these idiots in Louisville. Uh, you know these young college kids are, <laughs> yeah. that can still drink. I'm pretty sure they were of age, but then again, we're the ones checking their ideas. So I don't know if they were. And they would they would say, "Hey, you won a party at Sully's." And basically, it's 10 bucks a person, and they can drink whatever they want for two hours. Yeah. So the whole gimmick was between 8 and 10, you know, a, a, a hot chick, could, uh, a sorority girl could show up with all of her sisters and fraternity brothers and drink whatever the fuck they want for yeah. two hours. We would come to work around that time, and I have noticed that these <laughs> these kids, <laughs> and you and I both noticed, they would order too many drinks and they would, oh, leave, yeah. they would leave them on the table. <laughs> I forgot about it. And there's sometimes our boss wouldn't be there. Sometimes he would, but these were like little, you know, they were bigger than shots, but there were still enough drinks yeah. and we'd get fucking hammered. Yeah. Because that job sober <laughs> fucking sucks. Let's yeah. be honest. And that's one of them. It was, and I, you know, I was never a huge drinker, but I remember in here and there and, and I forgot all about that. That made that job fun. Yeah. And uh, you Maybe, know, go, looking back at the, my job history, I found fun. that all the jobs I was able to drink on, I had them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I also I don't know if you remember this too, because look, we were there. There weren't a lot of fights, but there was enough issues. You, yeah. you may throw out, I'd say 
on average, I'd throw one guy out every like three nights. Yeah. Maybe. And maybe I've been in like three or four fights there. Not many. Yeah. Sometimes we, I don't know if you're there when we pull people out the back door. I, I remember a few different occasions on like Derby week and like <laughs> having to choke somebody out and drag them out through the front. And the cops were great back then that that the, the oh, cops in the name? moment you left nancy what was steve yancy yancy huge yeah. fucking mark but awesome guy uh, <laughs> <laughs> obsessed with hulk hogan and it's just being telling the truth but he a hell of a guy uh but i remember like getting you know you drag these guys out and you just and ultimately it was diffuse the situation and and you never try to throw punches and whatnot because obviously then you get into legal uh, you know territory and whatnot but get the guys out there the cops would be on them like that and the, the cops were so cool there the cops always liked us and seemed to like they understood our job and they took it off of our hands as quickly as possible and they were great and they also they liked the wrestling part mm -hmm. of it too um yeah. i can't say i didn't punch or throw a few uh roundhouse kicks to people because if you pulled them out the back door there was no cameras yeah and i remember a couple of times we would really mangle some people uh but i do remember <laughs> a couple nights i don't know if you remember this where it was so boring we'd still be drinking you would actually go, yo, push me into this group of people. Yeah. And I would shove you, like, give you a shoulder check, and we'd see if they pushed you back. Yeah. And if they didn't, they were cool. Like, hey, oh, sorry, sorry, no big deal. But if the guy was drunk enough to go, what the fuck? Then we would attack him. Yeah. And throw him out of the bar. I forgot all about that, too. I, the... <laughs> Wow, this is a I, shit. <laughs> this was uh, just trying to find ways to entertain ourselves. But uh, I mean, if, clearly it was based on if they instigated it after we instigated it. <laughs> I remember that moment was like, yo, push me in this group. And then then we'd see and I'd be like, okay, they shove back. I remember being uh, Halloween and going as Terminator Ryback with the yes. spiked jacket and no undershirt and just walking around me and you drunk as fuck on Jack and I hit somebody with the spikes and it, it, like the bouncer there got rid of him before it got like but I remember I think we did the whole shoving thing with the spiked jacket and oh my god we did a, yeah, it was always in good fun and, and we don't you know condone that sort of behavior but it was a different time back then it was too. a totally different time yeah. it was it was pretty wild too um but after that, I think, and there's only so much working in the nightlife, man. It's like you become a zombie, though. You're gonna have like 4 a.m. Yeah. And I, I bartended, and I've I've bounced, and like it, it, I actually left that because I I ran into you later, and we were we were friends. But then, you know, I heard through the grapevine that you were working at Smoky Bones. Yeah. And I, I in my head, I was like, why would he leave bouncing? Why would you know? Uh, I was still, and you still weren't back in wrestling yet. No. Uh, but I was like, what the fuck's he doing? I remember I stopped by there and you told me this is a great job. I was so, uh, I wasn't making a lot of money bouncing. And some nights, you know, you'd work, you might work six hours a night. And it might be for three or four nights a week. And not every night was busy there. And on like weekdays, you know, you might only need, they might only need you for three or four hours. And I've always, like I said, I've eaten a tremendous amount of food and, it's it was one of those things i was like looking at jobs in louisville kentucky and ultimately my goal was to go back and to, and to wrestle i but i need a job just to pay the bills and to survive first uh and so that's where i was like you know what this serving thing might be a good idea because one i could work on my speaking skills skills and i'm going to be a little uncomfortable in this sort of job after you know being a wrestler and having to then you know hi my name is ryan can i take your order would you start off with a cold tasty beverage uh, so you you were never a server never a server that. so in a lot of these restaurants and i remember i went into to restaurant after restaurant and was turned down i went in for interviews and they all 
kind of, and I, I've always tried to tell the truth and be honest. And I would, uh, you know, I want to go back to wrestling, but I need a job to survive sure. right now. And I think they just looked at me and assumed, oh, maybe he's going to get hired pretty quickly back or something. I don't know. And but or I, maybe I it's tra- a fact that's pretty fucking frightening if like you're at a table and then two hundred eighty-five like, pounds at the time or two ninety, whatever it was. Yeah. And, and you know, and maybe if that, you're competing for a job and you're say what twenty-four years of age. And you're trying to get hired as a server, and then the next interview is a, you know, 22 year old college hot chick, yeah, or whatever. Maybe eh, I'll go with her. So, how did you get the job? Uh, eventually, I went into Smoky Bones, and you know, I was on Million Dollar Tough Enough, and we had a little bit of TV exposure <laughs> with that. The the manager, Dave Cyphers of Smoky Bones in Louisville, Kentucky, he's no longer the manager there. He was fired for sexual harassment, uh, was, thank God, a fucking mark. Uh, and I say that jokingly, everybody. But he. <laughs> I picture him listening and going, oh my God, he mentioned he me. He mentioned me. And, yeah, it's on his Facebook post. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't even look at my. So I'm going in, I'm filling out applications, I'm doing interviews, I'm getting turned down. All it took to get a job at this restaurant was just, oh, I liked you on that show, you're hired. And then that kind of started my, my professional serving career. That's that's great. And I remember uh, I went in there and you're like, no, this is a really good job. And, and you, you put the, you gave me the rub. And they were like, and you were doing such a good job as a server that they're you're like, I vouch for this kid. And you got yeah. me hired as well. We had and quite a few wrestlers. ODB, you know, ODB, who's uh, wrestled. Uh, Scott Cardinal was in uh, OVW for a little bit down there and just kind of wrestling. A, uh, dirty, dirty Money worked dirty money. for like two minutes. He didn't last quite as long. No. Yeah. I think he had a... Uh, the name like Dirty Money, you couldn't expect I've him I've wrestled to. him like three or four times. I always like enjoyed him, though. He's great. He was always really, really nice. Uh, who else worked there? Lupe. Didn't oh, he work there? Lupe He's, Vizcara. Who I got hired you from got wrestling to, him in one of the yeah. worst matches I've, I've probably ever been in. Uh... Yeah, I can't. That guy's Lupe was uh, quite the just quite the character. Space to everyone. Cadet. He uh, there was a point he didn't know his age because uh, he was lying about it. Yeah, that's how he got so hired. That was supposed to, the supposed rumors. He was lying about his age for so long, and um, this goes. But to he show. just had a, he had a he had a great, great body physique. by by you know at that time what they were kind of looking for, and um, but outside of that, uh, not a lot going on upstairs. Yeah. It was it was amazing. He I mean, was always nice though, and broke my heart at the time. I'm like. I remember wrestling him, and this was I've I've had many I guess you can say tryouts, and there was one time in particular one of my later ones in OVW where six of us were asked to work in front of Ace John and Laurinaitis, who was you know fans listening, he was the only person really in charge of hiring or firing at the time. Well, firing, I mean, uh, whatever. Like he was the guy. He gave your job. That was it. I mean, sure, people above him, you know, obviously Vince or whatever, but he was the dude. And I remember wrestling. Uh, wrestling lupe in front of him and we all joked around because he by far did the worst that day and we're like uh imagine he gets hired and none of us do and he did and he got yeah. hired but uh smoky bones was uh so we're both working there yeah. I, don't, I don't know if we moved in after that we were both we both had a pretty rough breakup yeah so i think essentially i think for this the we started at smoky bones because we both were kind of going through this you know, I'd broken up with a girlfriend at the time. I think you had a real bad breakup. And uh, they were also very cool with wrestling, like in terms yeah. of like, hey, uh, I got to take off this when because TV was on Wednesday night, at least for me. They were very flexible. They were flexible. Yeah. And uh, and I remember going like, well, if they're cool with it, man, come come back. But that was that was a little down the road. But I mean, like, uh, um, yeah. So we're this, both working there. And- yeah. No, I, this was the beginning of of. You know, my life changing essentially working at Smoky Bones. I think I think it's worth talking about in the next episode the everything that happened there because it, I don't want to I don't want to kind of to rush through this. Okay, it, it was so such a 
You were in a bad place. I was in a very bad place, and and this was such a pivotal point in my life. Uh, and, and and Cody Rhodes always joked about you know because we lived together briefly, and he he always said he goes Ryan, you need to you need to hit rock bottom, and he would say it kind of jokingly. He would tell me that too. That's but he goes, you need to you need to experience rock bottom to. To truly, and I felt like cause my life, I never really, and I've always, you know, applied myself and done well at things, and I never really struggled. I, I never, I, I came from a middle class, nice family, and, uh, and, and I had a great childhood and things like that, and, and wrestling was like my first, you know, punch in the face. It okay. was, it was welcome to the real fucking world, mm-hmm. uh, and you either need, need to learn how to man up or you're, you're going to drown. Uh, so this was kind of the beginning of, of me becoming a man. I feel like so. I don't want to. I don't want to jump over that because I know there's a lot of people out there. And, and again, when I've talked about the secret stuff on TV and that was very important to me because to this day, the best feedback I get, the most meaningful messages and things that people, conversations I get are from talking about that period. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know there's a lot of people out there. Life is not easy. Life, life can fucking suck. Um, but it's all our mindset. And this was me. This was the beginning of me creating the mindset that, that has created a lot of success for me. So, But there were, I think, I because think we will keep that for maybe a more serious episode. There was some funny shit we did at fucking, at, I don't know if I should explain. At Smokey Bones? Yeah. That's what I want. I think, I think we talk about that next because I, I, I want, I, uh, it's such good stuff mm-hmm. that that i don't want us to miss anything it's okay i think i think we wrap this up and we we save that for next week because it is there's some there's some real gold oh, you, in there. i figure if we're on a smoky i mean uh should we say some stories i don't know if we really gave them much i don't know maybe gosh i'm torn here I mean, we're 30 38 minutes in i still think we could do another seven minutes or something what do you think I'm trying to think of the beginning of Smoky Bones. Maybe we'll do a beginning part, and then there'll be a part two. So I'll do one story. I don't know if I should talk about the financial thing. I think or... that's, that, that's a little later on in there, though, okay. too. I'm trying to... The beginning of Smoky Bones was... I mean, essentially, early on, it was... It was... And I, this is funny. I could talk about this. Uh, I remember, you know, I had broken up with the girlfriend, and this is... She always had... like, And I don't want to say she had a drinking problem, but she enjoyed... <laughs> having vodka at night okay. uh, which was what kind of triggered me to start like outside of when we would go out on the sure. weekends or socially have some drinks back then you know here and there at work this was started turning into a, a nightly thing for me when I was with her drinking with her and, and enjoying the night and it slowly kind of grew and it grew and it grew and eventually we we broke up and it was a mutual breakup but it kind of, and it's one of those things. Like I knew it was a good, it was for the best. Right then, then you know, a month later, I was like, why? Don't I, you know, I want you. Well, back. you're young at the time, and yeah. actually, it's funny because you said thing about Cody. Cody told that to me too. He goes, you, you, you got to hit. He would say that. I, you had to. Excuse me. You have to hit rock bottom with a girl. Yeah. And he would say that, and I was like, I don't, I don't really understand. Cody was wise for for his age, and and. I think at that time period, you and I were both going through. Yeah, you have to experience bottoms. bad to, to truly appreciate the good. I feel and to understand the good and to have that work, that hunger to want to stay in the good, uh, because it, the bad sucks. I remember being a little bit concerned, uh, and this was as I got to know you a little more, because there was a time where you were working there, and I kind of knew of you and you knew of me, but we still. We're just kind of like same thing as as when we worked at the bar, like friendly, but like I didn't know a lot about your life. Yeah, and I remember one time in particular, like, hey, uh, you know, what are you doing after work? And I, I went to your place when you're, you're living at Creekside. Oh, yeah, and uh, that place was all a it shit was hole. was a couch from the ex girlfriend who lent it to me. It wasn't yes. even mine. 
Uh, but literally stacks upon stacks of wrestling tapes, yeah. WrestleManias and stuff like that. So like, I respect again. Like I said, there was your you love this, you, yeah. And and vodka bottles. It really was. And I was like, holy shit! I'm like, dude. I'm like, we're both in a dull place. We got to fucking move in together. Like, yeah. Like. Let's that got me back on. I needed that more than anything at the time because, like I said, it was the breakup and the TV. Nothing was mine. It was just a studio shithole apartment. And I'm living day to day on my tips and setting aside $15 of money a day to go buy my bottle of Burnett's vodka, the big bottle. Yeah. And uh, uh, two things of Diet Mountain Dew or Diet Coke or something. Would you go through the whole bottle? Yeah, absolutely. Every Every night. night. And what I would do is. And so. But you for, still trained this whole time. Like, yeah, I stayed in. Like my weight went down. I think the lightest I've ever been was like two fifty five during that. And, I, and I, it was it was like that's I was just like I remember like I let my body hair grow out and little things like I just kind of like I do remember the arm hair. It were, yeah, and Jimmy or manager at the time goes, "You look like a fucking werewolf." And then I like <laughs> looked in the mirror. I go, "Jesus, I look like shit." And I remember I couldn't fully get you because like I'm like, dude, man, you're 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 here. You're living in Louisville for the purpose that wrestling is big in this city, yeah. And you still love this, but you're working. I had to find myself fifty to sixty hours a week, yeah. And it was kind of like a just a. I was trying to understand that. I was like, "Fuck, man!" Like we both were in pretty bad places. Yeah. But, uh, I didn't know what to do. I was just. I was living. I like I said. We always joke about. I say the lost souls of this world, and you kind of. I was waking up without a purpose and i didn't i i hadn't discovered goal setting yet essentially and and the success i did have before was kind of just was luck and i i never really understood about kind of like determining my my mindset and setting goals and i remember you know drinking a bottle of burnett every night i would i would watch wrestling matches and i would at the time when i you know i was a big uh chewing tobacco guy for quite a while mm-hmm. and i remember just like big huge drink dip watch match watch match watch match just back and forth back and forth to the point where i was just like boom i would put on the movie wedding crashers okay. because that movie made me feel good uh-huh. uh, and it made me laugh because you know that's something like the secret we'll yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. laughter is such a such a great emotion and it, it, it it's so good for your soul and and at the time i didn't you know i just knew that it took my mind off of and at the time, were you talking to any of the guys at all? I or? kind of, I kind of, and I've always been one that's I like. You you're, know, you're a loner. I, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, I think I'm your. I love, but see, and I love being around everybody, and I can yeah. talk. But I'm just one of those guys. I, I'm okay being by myself sure. because, and even at that time when I wasn't into the personal development like I am now, I'm comfortable being alone. And but I truly cherish my relationships with the friends that I do have, mm-hmm. and and you know, like guys, everyone in the WWE. I actually that like live events and like joking around with guys like Ziggler and Wade and, mm-hmm. and Heath and everybody. I, I, I feel like I, I, there was nobody up there I couldn't talk to and fuck around with and have a good time with. Um, and just, I loved that element of it. But uh, at the time, I kind of, I was embarrassed because I feel like you, a guy, you look at me and, and I, like I said, I let the world slip through my hands and um, I just kind of had to find myself and who I was as a person. Okay, so now we're we're at Smoky Bones, and I think I think we can wrap this up here. But then we're also kind of leaving on a depressed note. <laughs> I think I think we'll the, save it. I think this the stories our- are so good that we got coming up. And this is again, you know, uh, it's I like to I want to be open and honest and let people see, you know, that that the human side, yeah, of this of why why I am where I am, why I feel the way I do, and the work that I put in, and the struggles. We've all we all have our story, and this is just part of mine. So, and yeah, maybe it's only interesting to us and people like ah, oh, this shit sucks. But I think they will uh, 
you know, just if people knew, because you hear about, eh, whatever. I just, I think people will, you'll, you'll dig the stories of. Uh, there was so much that went into your life, especially yeah. my life, whatever. But more particularly, yours. This is a conversation with the big guy. Your life before they saw you up there, yeah. and if if fans knew that. Or anyone knows that it's just inter- it's fun. It's it's we're just bullshitting. Yeah. And I don't. There's no you know. And to me, there is no sad note because it's all been. It's bad things or what we perceive to be bad things can happen in life or negative at the time. But we always have a choice how we react. We react to them. And I feel that I have even things that have happened that may be perceived as negative. I've been able to overcome them. And and I think people are going to see that as we go on. So I look forward to talking about the smoke. Sure. So this is Origins Part One. Uh, we'll be back next week with part two, and we'll get all into the, uh, you know, also, I the mean, juicy details the of the juicy Smoky details Bones of our saga. Smoky Bones career. We have with great pride in this barbecue joint. Also, the logo for this show is actually made off the Smoky yeah. Bones uh, logo. People don't really understand. Mark that. did a great job on that. Mark Carino, shout out to him. Uh, fantastic, young, talented graphic designer. Um, going to plug some things plug feedmemore.com wrestleproonline.com creativeprowrestling.com I'm Buck Never Stops on Twitter uh, I think we're going to I'll add some stuff post to plug the dates and all that stuff coming up but that this is the meat and potatoes and we'll be back next week you want to say close out with anything? You're listening to Conversation with the Big Guy thank you The domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell has been the partner men can count on for over 25 years. Hello, my name is Joe Cordell. Over those years, tens of thousands of guys across America, and now in the UK, have turned to Cordell & Cordell when everything was on the line. We're proud of that expression of trust, but we know the responsibility that comes with it. Our tremendous growth is a result of our tremendous commitment, commitment to a core set of values and an obsession with client care. If we ever lose that focus, we'll cease to be the partner that guys will count on. We get that. So you can be sure that our focus over the next 25 years will stay on those values that got us where we are and that our clients have come to expect. Contact Cordell & Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firm's San Francisco area attorneys, a partner men can count on, online at CordellCordell.com. That's CordellCordell.com. Offices in San Francisco, San Mateo, and San Jose. Se habla español. Legal services available in English and Spanish. Kimberly Llewellyn licensed in California.